Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. I'm your host, Chad Madden. This week, I wanted to share with you a recording from a recent webinar that I hosted. To get access to the slides and videos of this recording, you can visit getbreakthrough.com forward slash resources. Remember, this was a training hosted with a live audience, so there are real-time questions and answers that I think you will find valuable. Without further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so uh, greatest opportunity of physical therapy for 2022 and beyond um, in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, what I'm seeing um, and a little bit about what's happening in the world. Um, just brief background, I come from a country where every animal can kill you, uh, from crocodiles to great white sharks to drop bears to little kitties, uh, ninja kitties. Um, uh, I, um, you know, in Australia, uh, we're very, very fortunate. We have some really aggressive uh, animals. Um, uh, I'm a cheetah. Uh, I'm a stand-up paddleboarder. The reason I like stand-up paddleboarding is I can see the waves in the ocean coming before the surfers do, and I get to surf all the coolest waves. A um, little bit about me, just to give you perspective. 37 years in business as a consultant. I own 13 companies, bought and sold several. Uh, I've consulted to hundreds of businesses in multiple industries uh, uh, with breakthrough over seven years, helping develop their business development programs and also helping uh, a lot of uh, PT develop their business as well in that process. Uh, I coach over 200 marketing agencies to scale their businesses. I also own a B2B marketing agency called Automated Outbound. Uh, we essentially help companies uh, create direct relationships with uh, senior executives to open the door to bigger business opportunities. So um, I, you're going to notice that I talk really, really fast. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to excuse my Minnesota accent, but um, I know that this is being recorded so that you'll have uh, the opportunity to uh, review the information that uh, I'm going to be sharing with you with the time that we have here. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of time to answer some questions. So um, this is all about you, not about me. Just to give you perspective, uh, your industry, the average growth rate, 3.2%. Uh, um, in from 2020 from 2017 to 2022, uh, over 46 billion dollars right now annually in the PT market and growing. In fact, in the health market, it is actually shown to be one of the fastest growing industry groups in healthcare, right? Which is pretty huge for everybody who's watching this or who will watch this uh, later on. Um, 2022 to 2025, all things good, a 9.6 percent growth rate. This is well above most industry average uh, growth rates. Um, uh, so the industry is very much on the rise, very much uh, becoming an integral part of community health. Uh, and so the industry uh, by 2025 will be $50.4 billion in this industry. So there is massive opportunity, massive growth opportunity, uh, uh, both in local, uh, in state, national, um, and globally within the industry. But in the United States alone, over $50 billion worth of revenue will be uh, generated by this industry, by your industry. So um, July uh, 2019 to July 2021, over 735 practices were opened in the United States. That's an average of 30 practices 
uh, opening up every single year for every state in the United States. That's huge when you consider how many people are in the industry. And also, just to give you perspective, these stats have changed. The year before that, between 2017 and 2018, over a thousand practices were brought into the market. So we're, you are in an industry that is growing significantly um, as we speak. So a lot of people coming into this market, also lots of competition for ourselves in our local markets as well. So um, Facebook's still one of the biggest uh, connections that we have with the world, although there's a few things that are changing. Uh, the average person right now is consuming over 200 channels. Um, just to give you perspective that, uh, that we are creatures of habit and the time that we spent in the pandemic has taught us to spend so much more time uh, on our devices that we now communicate on multiple channels. This is your community, your people are out there looking for, uh, you know, uh, looking to consume, uh, looking to be engaged, entertained, distracted, whatever you might call it. But uh, this is where people are at right now. And messaging is becoming very, very important as well. Um, one to five minutes uh, of every person's day spent on a mobile, either on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, right? Uh, which is massive. That's a lot of attention that is spent on social media networks and uh, ever evolving. Now, one thing that you may or may not understand or know, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, including Facebook, are now becoming search engines where people can search for products, services, people, right? You can actually start to use these social media platforms as searches just as you do with Google. This is becoming increasingly important to become aware of because it creates opportunities for you to promote, advertise, uh, and market uh, in multiple channels at the same time. But understand that this is where your audience is at right now, right? So most powerful computer in the world is the mobile device, right? This thing here is with us 24-7, right? It's 24-7. Um, it is our timing piece. It is our calendar. It is our email. It is our messaging, our texting. It's all our social media. It's our entertainment, our streaming, all on a handheld device. All our attention is moving in this direction. However, these devices are changing. Last year, Facebook uh, started a partnership with a company called Ray-Ban Sunglasses and launched a pair of sunglasses that had a camera in the actual, a high-definition camera in the actual glasses that you can tap. And also, you can actually take phone messages, you can take phone calls from your sunglasses, right? This technology, this wearable technology, is expanding dramatically. It means the way that we communicate is that this device will disappear and will be taken over by a direct input through our eyes and through our ears. So technology is speeding up. The way we consume, the way we interact, and the way we engage is also changing as well, right, in the market. But the most powerful computer in the world is a mobile device. If you are not mobilized, if you don't, if you are, if your website isn't easy to make a direct booking for your business, right, right now, it's, if it's hard, if they have to navigate, if they go and have to find pages, right, you are missing out on opportunity right now in the marketplace because right now we are using this device to pretty much almost do everything when it comes to engagement. So let me just give you some perspective. 89% of all search is done on a mobile device or tablet, right? If I was to, I'm not gonna ask you to answer this question, but think about it. Have you done a Google search on your mobile today, right? Have you made a purchase on your mobile? Right. Um, last week, I spent over eight thousand dollars buying accommodation and airfares and paying for 
for, for dentist, dental visits and all that sort of stuff, all from my mobile phone, right? So 80 to 90% of all search is now done on a mobile phone or a tablet, not on the desktops, right? Now, here's the interesting one. 40 to 60% of all search is voice controlled. Hey, Siri. Hey, Alexa. Google, find me. Right. In fact, I've just fired off Siri right here. Right. So right now, if you imagine you're driving along in the car, you can't go playing with your phone. You can't touch your phone. So what do you do? You ask the phone to find. And then what happens is the device finds that business and then it'll ask you, would you like me to call that business for you? Right. Any search that is driven from a local business market, 50 percent of all searches turn into a purchase of some kind you know, invest in some kind. So imagine if you're looking for a chiropractor, a physical therapist, a, you know, a osteopath, somebody in the healthcare service, right? And you call, and if, depending on who's on that phone and how they manage that relationship or that interaction is going to be the difference between you picking up a new patient or someone else picking up a new patient in the market. So understand that right now you need to be optimizing for voice as well as for visual. Mobile is where your website needs to be mobilized. What I mean by that is you don't want people pinching and uh, trying to find things on your page. What do you want people to see when they come to your page on a mobile device? What do you want them to do? What is the first action that you want them to take when they visit you on that mobile device? That's where your mind should be in relation to making it easier for people to engage your services in the marketplace. So mobile is really critical and really key and it's actually gonna get even more important as we go along, okay? So, uh, which way? Uh, this is a study done by uh, Google. Google has done a lot of data mining and also looking at how people buy and what their behaviors are. And back in 2009, there was a, 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 an experiment inside Google called ZMOT. It's called the Zero Moment of Truth. Now the Zero Moment of Truth is when somebody puts in a credit card and hit submit to make a purchase. Or somebody fills in a form like a calendar or an appointment booking and hit submit, an actual direct action that is related to a purchase, right? That's what the zero moment of truth is in the, in the study. So back in 2009, right, buy behavior in 2009 was five frames of reference. We only needed five frames of reference to actually make a purchase. You might visit a website, might've watched a, a, seen a review, might've watched a YouTube video, uh, might have even asked a friend uh, to get a referral for a product category. So we didn't need a lot of friends reference to make a purchase, but here's the thing that's changed. Zero moment of truth in 2022 is 39 frames of reference. People want to see your reviews. They want to watch your videos. They want to read your content. They want to see uh, the value that you deliver in the market. Now, when I say 39 frames of reference, um, I was talking to a guy called James Woodard, who is a YouTube expert, um, and he's also a bit of an SEO analytics, data analytics uh, nut. And he was saying that uh, most consumer brands, so this is the things that we are often seeing, right, require over 500 inputs to allow the person to make a favorable decision to purchase a product category. Over 500 inputs that we need to see at some visual representation for us to make the purchase. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing, right? The biggest brands on the planet are spending the most money on the planet to sell and share their product. Coca-Cola's ad budget this year, their ad budget is $4.5 billion. Now, Coca-Cola is one of the biggest companies, biggest uh, uh, food companies on the planet, 
right? One of the largest beverage companies. Been around for over 150 years from what I understand. And yet today, their budget this year is $4.4 billion. And next year, it's going to move to $5 billion to sell you Coke, right? A brand that is highly recognized world over. Why do large companies invest so much money in brand building, in being visible? And the reason why is they're looking to the future. They are trying to buy the customer's mind share for generations, right? For generations. So understand there's a bigger picture when people build brands in the market. And some of the biggest companies on the planet are spending the most money to advertise their brand to you and to your children and to the children of your children, right? So understand that the buyer behavior, the amount of touch points you create, the more relationship that you build, the more likely you are to generate a better outcome of a favorable client or customer, right? So things have changed and things are changing. Things are changing. We're getting a little bit more fussy. We're getting a little more educated. So customers need to see more, hear more of you in the marketplace. So you want to stand out from the crowd. <clears throat> you need multiple touch points, right, over multiple channels before you can get a patient conversion, right? And this is something that's evolving and a lot of you who are part of the Breakthrough family are actually taking advantage of a lot of technology and the strategies that I'm talking about here, right? So email advertising and video on social media, Facebook AdWords are still the three biggest marketing strategies that work to acquiring patients online today. They are the three biggest categories and they are, you know, advertising, uh, Google advertising, Super powerful. Facebook advertising is a premier provider of patients in the physical therapy market. However, video marketing is becoming very, very strong because people want to know more about how they're going to be uh, treated, how they're going to be managed, how or what experience they're going to have with uh, healthcare in the market. So the internet has kind of blown up with people who are starting to engage and build their brand from a video perspective. So your team the support, the systems, the education, patient care, and most importantly, your marketing is the critical component that is going to drive the growth or the future sustainability of your practices. This is where it's all at. So your marketing has to be has to have right a double-edged sword. I just want to get into this. So this is really important to understand. There is external marketing and internal marketing. And one thing that we're seeing right now that's evolving through lots of business, lots of industry, and in healthcare specifically, is that you are you have a skill shortage, right? You have a, a market that is in high demand where you're trying to find qualified, experienced people to care for your patients and bring them into your market. And the only differentiation you have is the way that you represent yourself as a company, as a business, to the market. There are two markets you have to be marketing to. You have to be marketing externally to people out there, the consumer who is your patient who needs care in your community. And you also have to market to the people who want to work, who are seeking you out, who are looking for opportunity, right, as well. So there is external and internal marketing. And both kind of have to look the same a little bit as well. What your clients experience are the same things you want your team to experience. So this is a really big question. The future vision of your practice. Why is vision for your practice so important? And this is critical, right? I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, this overall, you know, all encompassing idea of, of, uh, of, you know, what you want your practice to be. 
but you do have to have an idea of where you're heading and you do let, need to let people know that especially the people who are going to come and work with you to help you to support your communities in healthcare, they also need to know what you stand for, what you are building, what you're creating. You need to think bigger than this month and next month. You need to think three, five years in advance. You need to look at what your opportunities are. You're operating two types of businesses. You're either going to be a lifestyle practice, right? Uh, running a small team, uh, managing within your market, um, and you are the business, right? Or you're going to build an enterprise as a practice. And as an enterprise, you're going to be hiring a team. You're going to be building a leadership. You may be expanding into multiple locations, right? That is the leader thinking, the business thinking. The I said the two types of practice owners. There is the practitioner, the person who is skilled, highly high expert, long uh, time in the industry, uh, is there to serve and care for patients. But the business owners, right, the people who are running a practice um, are the ones that are creating the biggest opportunities in the market, right? What you think about where you're heading, you need to not only let the people that you want to attract in your business um, know more about what you do, but you also want to be very clear about why you're such an awesome practice to come to work for. Right, your belief, your ideas, your values are critical in the future growth of your practice. This is an area there is an enormous amount of money, energy, and time being spent right now in most industries in how do we actually uh, keep our people engaged, our people motivated, our people part of our opportunity in the marketplace. So your future, your vision, the why is critical. Okay, so you either grow, you stagnate, or more importantly you get to decide this, right? This comes back to that idea of what are we doing here? What do you want to do? What do you want to build this into? And this is where it becomes critical for you, okay? So um, to give you perspective, the most important success factors for the physical therapy industry are, number one, develop a symbiotic relationship with another industry, right? Where you build strategic partners, that gives you leverage, right? Where you create an alliance. Number two, <clears throat> having a good reputation is critical, right? The reviews, the video testimonials, the people saying why you're such a good practice to be uh, visiting or part of. And the third one is your ability to adopt quickly to new technology and marketing, right? These are all critical factors that are going to make a huge difference to where you're heading as a business owner, um, as a practice owner. So marketing, the game we're all playing as practice owners. This is really critical. Traditionally, we grew our practices on the back of referrals, on doctor referrals, on other patient referrals, on other people who brought patients for rehab and all those sorts of things. Now we've got lots of competition. People who are marketing to our customers, right? Are marketing, uh, you know, you've got like on average for every physical therapy practice in most markets where there's more than 200,000 people in a the population, there are 11 other types of therapies and practices in the same market serving the same patient. So how you stand out from the crowd is very, very critical. So growing PT business, there are three things. More patients, you've got to focus on bringing more patients because one of the things that uh, uh, PT is facing is this fact that 40% of the patients that you serve now may not be with you, they'll be going elsewhere within the year. The attrition rate of patients within the PT market is huge. So you've got to be consistently bringing in new patients into the market. Number two, more revenue per patient. You've got to educate your patients to all the services you provide that they could be taking advantage of from uh, a professional perspective or from care, right? So we need to educate. 
those people and let them know these are the other things we're really good at that we can help you with. Okay. Number three, more often, is we want people to come back again and again and again to ourselves. So there's a little exercise. Um, it's called the 10% factor. And if you treat your business as a silo, how you acquire patients, how you maximize revenue per patient, and how you keep those patients coming back and referring more patients to you is your opportunity to expand your operations. So I'm using this as an, as an example. Let's say we had 100 patients, right? And let's say your average plan of care is about $900 and your patients might uh, do this once a year with you. And so in essence, what you've got here is you've got a $90,000 uh, revenue, right? That, that's essentially what you've got in essence, okay? So what happens if we did a little bit of marketing? What if we invested in Facebook advertising or did a little bit of promotion or some cross-promotion or perhaps even a strategic alliance? Could we increase the number of patients by 10%? It wouldn't be very, be very hard if you focused on acquiring more patients to add another 10% of patients to your practice, right? Second thing, um, could we increase our prices of our plan of care? Could we add a little bit of value? Could we take our average plan of care from $900 to $990? Not a huge increase, but just $90, right? By doing a couple of those things, it wouldn't be too hard. It'd be a 10% increase, right? The next thing is, is that what if we could actually get one in 10, which right now on average 30 to 50% of your patients refer other people to you. But worst case scenario, say if we can get one in 10 of our patients to come back again or to refer new patients to the practice, right? So it's a 10% increase in the frequency of the business you get. So the new number based on this calculation comes $119,790. That is a 33% growth rate in revenue by making very small adjustments in three key areas of your practice. What you focus on most becomes your reality. Where you pay attention, that's where things grow, right? We need to understand, you, in, in, your, in terms of your practice, I know I've got Chad here um, uh, uh, here, and the team over at Breakthrough, and he also runs a very successful practice um, there over there in um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I've seen the numbers, right? I've seen Chad analyze the numbers. The numbers in your practice are critical. So you really want to get to know the key numbers, right? The patient numbers, the average revenue per patient, the number of services that a patient takes, uh, what it costs to acquire your patients, all those numbers become critical. So the more you focus on those moving factors in from a business point of view, the more you create leverage and growth in your practice. So businesses that invest in marketing tend to grow and the businesses that don't, they struggle. They're at the mercy of the market. And right now, you don't have a choice. You have to be visible. If I cannot find you on that mobile device, you're invisible, you don't exist. Somebody else becomes first choice other than you. As soon as you invest in advertising and marketing, you become first choice because people find you. If you are invisible socially, I cannot find you. And if I can find somebody else, then I'm going to go to somebody else. Understand that you want to understand how visible you are in your local community. This is something you want to think about because it's not about what happens today, but it's also what you do in the future as well. So visibility is key. It's critical. You have to understand that you need to make an investment in marketing. There is no business on the planet that survives without it, right? And right now, you don't have a choice. To give you a perspective of how important this is, um, uh, back in 2008, we had this thing called the global financial crisis, right? Uh, and so what happened in 2008 is we saw a downturn in the market. However, from an advertising point of view, Google over a four year period through that recessionary period, grew ad spend by more than $21 billion over four years. 
Now, back in 2021, which is only over a year ago, we're in the middle of a pandemic. In 2021, in one year, right, um, more than $23 billion increase in ad spend on Google. Advertising and marketing make you recession-proof. I'm going to say that again. Advertising and marketing make you recession-proof. If your accountant tells you to cut your ad budget, cut your accountant's budget, right? If your accountant turns around and says to you, we need to cut costs, and the first cost is marketing, then you need to replace your account because marketing is an investment. Marketing is where you put a dollar down and get three and five and a hundred and a thousand dollars back. There is no other investment like it, right? I'm not speaking um, uh, uh, you know, uh, out of prejudice or bias, but I have seen what happens when you market in recessionary periods, right? When you're marketing volatile periods, you tend to build and sustain and grow. There's a hockey curve stick of growth that occurs outside in a recessionary period, especially to those companies that consistently invest back in their marketing. Because the people that don't, that aren't investing or attracting, they're going to disappear. The gap between where you are and where they are at, very different. There's going to be a massive gap. So people are going to look to those who are visible. They're going to forget those that are not participating, right? Understand. So here's the thing. The most successful practices will invest 10% or more of their revenue in marketing. 10% or more of their revenue marketing. So uh, about four weeks ago, I was presenting to a whole bunch of private practices in Australia. And one of the practices there was a, a gentleman who is running uh, two locations um, in his practice. He's doing quite well. Um, he invests about $30,000 a month in advertising, $30,000 a month in ads for his practices, right? But here's the thing. He'll generate over $140,000 a month in extra revenue from that $30,000 spent every single month like clockwork, right? So the return on his investment, knowing the lifetime of his patients is very significant. And I asked him, if you stopped advertising today, what would happen to your practice? And he says, within three to six months, if we did nothing, we'd be letting go of our people because we couldn't survive. It's the marketing, the advertising that is driving their opportunity. Right, in terms of what they're doing. So up to 10% of your revenue in marketing, you're gonna be sweet in the market. Right, what do you really, really, really want? Now that's four reallys. This is a question that was asked of me by a gentleman called Jim Rohn. Somebody, some people who perhaps may be old enough know who Jim Rohn uh, was. He was a great motivational speaker and orator. Um, and I had the good fortune of having him as my coach for many years when I was much younger. Um, I was smart enough to invest in his coaching. And he always used to ask me, John, what do you really, really, really want? Four reallys, right? The more clear you are about what you're trying to create, the more clear you are about letting those know why you're doing this and why this is really important, right? The more likely you are to achieve everything that you aspire to in life. The question is to answer that really, really, really well for yourself. The more clear you are, the more you understand why it's important, why you're doing this, right? the more opportunity you create for yourself in this world. Do it and you become it, right? Um, there's a famous uh, um, uh, uh, professor at Harvard, a lady called Amy Cuddy. If you go to TED, the TED Talks, she had one of the highest rating talks. If you look up Amy Cuddy TED Talk, uh, you'll see her talk. There's literally tens of millions of views. And she talked about a story of faking it till you make it. 
And she had a she had a personal story, an incredible personal story. She was uh, horrifically injured in a car accident when she was younger. It almost dictated or ruined her life, but she found a way where she persevered and, and found a way. And one day she was sitting in an office and one of her students came into Harvard and was crying and was saying, listen, I don't think I belong here. You know, this is, this is a full scholarship ride student. I don't think I belong here. I don't think I feel like I'm faking it. Um, you know, the, this is not me, right? And, um, and she sat there and she said, um, you do belong here, right? You did the work to get here, right? You didn't fake it. You did it to become it. If you want to build, you want to scale, you want to create anything, right? If you want to, um, you know, I guess, expand the value of the impact that you have, the idea is that you do it and you become it. You don't fake it till you make it, right? Learning, there are only two places you can be, right? You're either winning or you're learning. Failure doesn't exist, right? You are learning along the way. Your learnings are the things that help you grow. It's the failures and the mistakes that you make are the ones that are actually forging your head in terms of your opportunity. But this is one of my favorites is do it and you will become it. You only grow through experience. And the better you get at articulating what you do and the value that you deliver and the care that you deliver to your community, the more you're going to be recognized, the more you're going to have as part of uh, your organization. And so in saying that, uh, you kind of got to believe in yourself, right? You've, you've got to own it, right? There are people in your market that are talking to the same patients, telling them how great their therapies and their care is. And I know for a fact that in your industry, you are actually probably the most preeminent provider of uh, healthcare in the community because of the nature of the work that you do, both uh, at a musculoskeletal, at a neurological level, at a health level. There is no other type of practice that is at the level that you are in terms of care in, in healthcare and community, right? And yet people do not call you first when they have back pain. They do not call you first when they have knee pain. They don't call you first when their balance is out or their rotator cuffs off. They don't call you first, right? You want to be first choice. You need to start getting visible over and above because at the end of the day, those that are marketing are the ones that are going to win. And ultimately, what are you doing this for, right? You're doing this for the people you love, the people that you help, the people you've saved, the people that matter the most. Right. So I want to thank you. I'm happy to open up to some questions. Um, I can, uh, we can, uh, I'll stop sharing here. Um, uh, and I can come back to you. Um, if you've got questions, I'm happy to answer questions um, about what I've just shared. Uh, I, I don't know where we're at. Where are we at, Lauren? Oh, uh, we, we're a little bit over time, but that is okay. We Ooh. can definitely take a couple of questions. What a great presentation, John. Thank you so much again. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.